Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. A couple of things before I get into the Word. Um, I have some certificates to hand out, but before I do that, I just want to say thanks from the bottom of my heart. I know it touches the heart of God because you read it in Scripture how God blesses those who serve, blesses those who give. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Some people think, well, it's just, I give my tithe and offering and that's it. And that's important. No, Jesus himself said you should tithe, but don't forget the other things, all right? So I just want to say thanks from the bottom of my heart today. I just want y'all to know I really love y'all and I want to say thank you to everyone who serves week in and week out, those who have helped me personally, those who have helped Pastor Jen, those who are in the volunteer groups, those who help in the screens and video, those who help with events and funerals, those who help usher, those who show up and greet and hand out bulletins, those who have helped in the parking lot, those who have helped me pick up trash or throw out trash. I just want to say anyone who has helped in King's Kids, anyone and everyone who has helped and volunteered and showed themselves as strong servant leaders, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for serving God that way with your actions because we know faith without works is what? Dead. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for all those that make this possible. <laughs> Praise God. We wouldn't want to do it without you, and you make it all possible. You do. So real quick, I have some certificates of completion. I will walk your way. Well, hold on. I got two of them. I'm not going to shake, shake your hands this morning just because I love y'all, but you know I congratulate you. Thanks for finishing the worship class. We had a worship class that Ms. B did. So save your applause for the end. We'll clap for everybody. That is Monique and Vince over there. I think if we have a class, they're ready to take it. So they just want to learn. And then we have Felicia. Are you in the house? Hi, Felicia. God bless you, Nika. Congratulations. You finished the worship class. And I think I have one or two left. Is Rosa in the house today? I do not see Rosa. Okay, and we're missing someone else here. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for everybody who finished the worship class. God laid it on B's heart, and she did the class, and that is great. Also, thank you all you teachers who help as well. Like B just finished the class, those who have helped us teach. Also, thank you those of you who serve as a, in a connect group. You either lead in a connect group or you assist in a connect group. Those are our home Bible studies. God bless you, and thank you so much. We love y'all, and we're so appreciative. Y'all make it all possible. So today, I just want to get into it. Classics. I love the classics. The classics are what? They're Bible stories. Someone say Bible stories. They're Bible stories. Some of them you recognize. If you haven't read through your whole Bible, maybe you don't recognize all of them, but there's something in here for all of us. The title of today's message is, If Not Now, When? I am a procrastinator. Let, let's start that over. We'll pretend like I'm in a, a small group. Hi, my name is Matthew, and I am a procrastinator. I put stuff off. One day my wife was speaking to me. You could say, was she lecturing you? Call it what you want. She was coaching me and helping me. She said, baby, you put stuff off. And she goes, right in, I kid you not, right in the same sentence, same paragraph, she's like, you put stuff off, we really need to take care of this. I said, I know, I'm going to do better. And she goes, we got to get this done. And I go, I know, I'm going to do it later. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. Some people say, why put off tomorrow what you can do today, right? 
That's taking action and initiative, so you're not worried about it. You're rolling. Not everything can be done right now, but a lot of things can. Then others are the reverse of that. They say, why do today what you can put off until tomorrow or next week or next month? But I will tell you something I do not put off, and that is seeking God. I want to read you a story today, and it's the story, part of the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob, Scripture says he was born a deceiver. Even his name meant supplanter. It doesn't mean Jacob is a bad name, but Jacob, in the Bible, he was always out for his own benefit. He was a hustler. You can be a salesman or a saleswoman, but you don't want to be deceptive. And Jason, uh, Jacob was very, very, very deceptive. And then he met his match with his uncle Laban. His uncle Laban was ten times the deceiver Jacob was. And he had him working so that he could marry his daughters, and he worked 14 years to be able to marry his daughters. That's not okay now. You don't marry more than one person at a time, okay? It's not okay. I don't know why they did that in the Old Testament. I would say it's, it was part of the hardness of their heart. Some people say there was a shortage of men. I don't know, but, man, you don't want no part of that. People say, man, I would like to have many wives. No, you wouldn't, bro. You're not even doing good with one wife. You're doing really bad with one wife, so let's, let's, not, let's not create any more problems. You, you need to get it right with the one wife, all right? And wives, I don't think you would want multiple husbands. That would be just creepy, right? So from the beginning, he created us male and female, one man, one woman married together. The goal is for life. If that doesn't work out, that's between you and God. And you say, man, I, don't, I feel condemned. No, 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 there's forgiveness. But the goal is one man and woman for life. That's the goal. That's the high standard. You say, man, this is my second marriage. This is my third. Well, you're going to get it right now, and that's good. God is with you. God is with you. The past is forgiven. It's under the blood, but it's time to do right now. I don't know why I got into that, but Jacob was a deceiver. He got hustled by his uncle Laban. Then he has all these kids, and now the fear of his life is Esau, his older brother. They were twins. He'd hustled his brother Esau for the birthright and the blessing. Back then, it was a big deal to be born first because you, got, you basically got it all. So he knew he was going to have to meet Esau. He was headed into the, the country of his brother Esau. He knew they were going to meet up. He just knew it. He was scared to death. Have you ever dreaded something? You say, man, it's upon me. It's over. I'm dead. I'm dead. Well, he'd been deceiving all those years, but God had been dealing with him, even through his uncle Laban. And here's where we begin our story where he's traveling with his wives and his children. Jacob is the father of the, the Israeli people, you know, after Abraham and Isaac, his grandfather and his dad. And the 12 tribes came through Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. That's the foundation of modern-day Israel. And so here's where we begin our story, Genesis 32. It starts with fear, discouragement, exhaustion. You guys know how it is when you're tired, all your weaknesses show up. You ever seen that? You're exhausted, man. Man, your weaknesses show up to get you. Say old lust, old anger, old jealousy, old whatever it is, loneliness, rejection. The weaknesses start showing up, the lies. So here he is in Genesis 32, 24. Let's read through this story, and then I'll comment on it and give you some points that God, I believe God revealed to me in this story. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. He had sent his wives and his kids and their flocks ahead. This is interesting. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Let me just break something down real quick before the dawn breaks. 
One guy years ago, his doctrine was very strange always in some of these certain stories. He said that was him wrestling with his own mind all night. No, you don't wrestle with your own mind like this. It was a conversation between Jacob and you're about to see who, all right? An interesting story. He's wrestling with a man. When the man saw that he would not win the match, now this is interesting. Maybe he, he knew the only way he could win the match was by killing Jacob because Jacob was that tenacious. He, he, was, he was holding on. You'll see why this is so important. He touched Jacob's hip. Just touched it, Scripture says. There was power in this man. He wasn't a regular man. He was supernatural. He touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. I do not understand the significance of that. Maybe this man, whom you're about to recognize, didn't want to be seen by everyone else in this situation because of who he is and his place in the universe. He said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. That's always been fascinating to me. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked. He already knew who he was, but he's getting him to admit it. He replied, Jacob, you know, I'm the deceiver. I'm the hustler. I'm the supplanter. I'm the one who wants to get stuff without working for it. But his uncle Laban had messed him up already. He'd already reaped a bunch of stuff. Here's what the man said. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Israel means God fights. He fights for you. Israel also, it can also mean prince with God. Israel can also mean overcomer in some shades of meaning. So this, is, this super special encounter, he was asked, what's your name? He said, that's not your name anymore. Now you are, God fights. God fights for you. God is in your corner. You are an over overcomer. You are a prince with God and man. Look at this. Look at the next verse. Jacob's response was, please tell me your name. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. <laughs> Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face. God. He knew it was God in the flesh. This was what we call a theophany. That was God in the flesh. We know him as Jesus. You remember when God appeared to Abraham? This is one of those revealings of God. God was there. For he said, he called it the face of God. He said, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Wow. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the what? The tendon of Jacob's hip. It's something sacred to the people of Israel because in their history, their founding, one of their founding fathers, you'd call him one of the patriarchs, met with God face to face and wrestled with him. On that note, let's pray real quick and I'll get into some points. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is already falling on good ground. I can sense it in this house. Your people are attentive. They're ready. They're quick on their feet. And Lord God, they are hungry to receive from you today. I thank you for it. Thank you for this time. I honor you and give you glory. And I thank you once again for your word, which is life and light and truth. And it guides our lives. And it is a two-edged sword, Lord God. It discerns the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Someone said? Amen. Amen. So what can we get from this story? Number one, you've got to meet with God. 
You have to meet with God. And look, I'm not messing with you. If you only read a devotional, you do that as part of you seeking God. But you need to meet God in his word. You need to meet, meet God in his word. You're going to have questions. You're not going to have it all figured out. But I tell you right now, you will get closer to God when you start to meet him in his word. Did you know you get to know me by the words that come out of my mouth? Many of you know a lot about us because of what we've said, or you've seen us on social media talking, or you've seen me on videos, or you've listened to the audio of this message, those of you on SoundCloud, or on Facebook Live, or YouTube Live, or the podcast. You know a lot about me because of the words that come out of my mouth. I have an old friend, a dear friend, close, close friend of mine, one of the greatest friends of my life, a couple of them actually, two dear friends, and they know what's going on in my life because of the messages that I speak they get to know me better. They get to reconnect with me. It's the same way with God. You get to know God through His Word. Now, you need all of the Bible. You need all of it. You need Genesis to Revelation. You can focus on the New Testament. That's great. But you need the full concept of Scripture. You need what we call the full counsel of God's Word. In the New Testament, we're not required to keep doing all the feasts and doing all these different sacred days. We don't have to. Jesus fulfilled um, ceremonial law. But how many of you know we still have moral law? And as part of moral law, you will never know right from wrong unless you meet with God. And you will not live right from wrong if you don't meet with God. So you need to have what we used to call at our retreats an encounter. you got to meet God. It's a daily meeting. Ask God to reveal himself through his word. Or you will forever do it in your own weakness. I hear people say it all the time. In my own strength, no, you're going to do it in your weakness because apart from God, you're weak. We are weak apart from God, you know it. But Scripture says, let the weak say I am strong in God. All right? Not by might, not by power, but by our spirit, says the Lord. Someone say, by God's spirit. Mm -hmm. Someone say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. So you need to meet with God. You need to meet with him. You need to have a daily encounter with God. I do it in the Word every day. I'm reading through the one-year Bible. You say, man, I, it's, man, it's February, Pastor Matt. I haven't started. Start now. Start in the book of Matthew, and let's go. Roll with it. Time to go. Get into, the, get into God's Word. Don't wait. Say, man, i got to wait another year to start on day one of the one-year Bible. You could start the one-year Bible right now. It would be a little confusing for you on the dates. You can do whatever you want. However you do it, you need to get into God's Word. You can start in the book of Genesis. Our recommendation is that you read the equivalent of three chapters a day. You say, man, that's tough for me. Start with one and then build up to that. Start with one and then build up to that. It's going to be an imperfect and odd analogy, but I remember when my mom used to make tacos as a kid. I think mom put everything in corn tortillas. She put everything in corn tortillas, but we, look, we, we weren't raised with dirt floors. We had, we had air conditioning. It wasn't central heating and cooling until later on, but we had air conditioning and, and heating. We, did, we weren't in abject poverty. We were always blessed, but mom made spaghetti tacos. I don't know how that works. Pasta within the, they were good. The Anglo side of the family would come down, and Rod and Ryan would go, man, we're going to have spaghetti tacos. I said, if you get lucky. <laughs> if it's your day, you know, if you're on mom's good side. Say, why, why spaghetti tacos? Did she get up in the morning and make those? No, spaghetti was the night before, right? It happened a few times. I was there. I saw it. 
And I remember when she'd make those tacos, I would always dazzle people because even before I started to grow, I was four foot, 10 inches and 80 pounds. And all of a sudden one summer, I'll never forget, I believe it was the summer after my sixth grade year, I wasn't even growing yet, but an appetite hit me. And man, I could eat people under the table. Little bitty skinny guy. I could eat. People would go, oh my gosh. And I remember I built up, man. I would eat one or two, three tacos, and pretty soon it was four, five, six, seven, you know. I was eating. And not just spaghetti tacos. I prefer mine with refried beans. Cheese. We put sour cream back then. We were living it up. When we really were doing good, we'd have pico de gallo. Mom didn't usually make that, but she'd make her own salsa. And I had to build up to multiple tacos. It's not a perfect analogy, but here's my point. Here's my point. You start off, you say, man, I need to get to three chapters. I need to get my spiritual weight up. Before a fight, people deal with their weight, don't they? They want punching power. So what do you do? You build up to that. You build up to build your weight up. And you start your spiritual weight with one chapter. If you say, man, I can't do three chapters. I know when I was younger, I was trying to read through the Bible at 10, 9. No, 9. I remember, oh, man, I was so distracted. It was a struggle. I had to start off with the picture Bible. So I knocked that out one weekend, believe it or not. I was a reader. It was like a comic book, the picture Bible. But I struggled with the law and all that old school stuff in the Old Testament. But at some point, I began to read the Bible cover to cover. you got to start somewhere. Someone say, start somewhere. Say this. Say, meet with God now. That's always been one of our mottos at this ministry is knowing God now. You need to know him for yourself. My mom and dad have had their relationship with God. Mom's in heaven now. Her relationship with God is perfected. Dad's still here on the earth. But dad cannot meet with God for me. Over the years, dad would tell people, say, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to agree. You know, personal needs. We had people asking for prayer before the service. And that's part of coming to church together, being part of the family of God. We pray for each other. But when it comes down to it, right, you have to pray as well. You've got to meet with God you got to get in the Word and prayer. It's the basics. Someone say, meet with God. Look at my second point here. I like this. I am an all-or-nothing person. My wife's told me this over there. She's like, golly, you're all-or-nothing. I'm like, yep, forget it. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it at all. Forget it. Just forget it. I'm out. Some of that's just maybe a personality flaw or whatever, but, man, I go hard with what I do get involved with. I usually don't half-step it, usually. Even dishes. I, I'm very slow at doing dishes, man. And I've gotten more thorough over the years. I still, there's still a claim in our home that I leave out one item as a monument to my success. Like, see, if, you had, if it hadn't have been for me, there would have been 30 times as many as this one item. But that's there. It's dirty still. Leave it right there. I'm doing better. Last few times I've done really good. It, practice makes better. But you've got to get to the place with God where you understand it is all or nothing, brothers and sisters. Friends, moms and dads, uncles and aunts, kiddos, it is all or nothing. Did you know there's not a way to serve God 50%? You cannot find it in Scripture. You know what God called that? God called that having other gods before me. People say, well, I'm going to get married. I'm just, you know, you've heard the saying 50-50. I know what they mean. That's cute. And that sounds good for Valentine's Day. 50-50, man. No, you better bring all of it, 100% each, or you just don't make it. And my, my thing has always been this, do it or don't. 
I cannot be friends with the world and friends with God. I cannot be, I cannot be living a fool, a fool life out there and then trying to serve God at the same time. I'm either going to serve God and go first class or I'm going to go get my sin on in the world and forget about God. Do one or the other. you got to pick. Choose this day whom you must serve, Scripture says. Today is the day of salvation, so choose today. There's not a way that you can serve God 50%. He said in his word, Jesus said, you can't have two masters. And I've noticed this about God. He doesn't do sissy agreements or weak covenants. He wants it all. Say, man, what? Even the mafia is that way. And those guys are demonic, and they go back on their word, and they're... Their, their sense of justice is all messed up. Even the mafia in the hoods say, hey, you know too much, Holmes. You can never leave. It's blood in, blood out. Wish we could do that at church. I'm like, hey, you know too much. You can't leave. <laughs> can't do that, though. People start throwing, it's a free country at you. I'm like, I know, I know, it is. I mean, kind of. New Mexico and California are catching up with the rest of the states. I guess we're free again. I don't know. Take, do, do whatever you want with that. I hope it gets publicized. I hope it goes viral. <laughs> I care not. Look at me. This is the face of someone who doesn't care. <laughs> All or nothing. God doesn't do bad relationships either. You know, like a bad marriage? He doesn't, he doesn't do the bad relationship of, okay, well, you just be with whoever you want to be. I don't care. People go, man, you mean God is jealous? According to Scripture, his is a jealous love. But it's not the kind of jealousy you would look at and say, man, I'm going to just... I, I'm going to treat you awful. I'm never going to forgive you. And I'm going to, nope, he is God. We don't understand all of his ways, but scripture says vengeance is his. He can take revenge, but he is jealous for your love. What, why? He created you for himself. He didn't need us. He wanted us. That is so powerful. So don't wimp out and give God half. No, give him all of it or nothing at all. All of it. Someone say all or nothing. God was asking that of Jacob, really. He had been asking him, serve me, really. That, God was dealing with Jacob. He'd had experiences and encounters with God. And now this, can you imagine wrestling with God? Some of you have wrestled with God over certain things. It may have not been just like that. But when you do, you figure out it's, he wants all or nothing. I've met with him. Now he says all or nothing. And now number three, let's go to number three. It is your trying to hurt me? No. God's trying to bring, bring you to a place of change, repentance, and brokenness as a believer. Talk about brokenness. Jacob walked away from God with a different name, Israel now, and he had a limp. Did you guys see that movie, The Kingdom of Heaven? I remember when Liam Neeson, he met his son later in life, and he knighted him, and he slapped him across the face with his glove. Remember that? He said, that's so you never forget it. And I believe God's that way sometimes. Scripture says, those he loves, he disciplines. Boy, it got quiet in here. Are we still here? What time is it? What, what address is this? What day is it? God deals with us. Parents discipline their children because they love them. Say, no, I'm going to just let them act like the devil and then turn them loose into society someday. No, no, you got to discipline your kids because you love them. God loves us. He loves you so much. He's not okay when you stay the same. Someone say amen in this house. Amen. Let him change you. Don't try to walk away from encounters with God the same. That doesn't work. 
You want to be miserable in life? Try to serve God in the world. Try to not change after you've met with God. I'm going to tell you right now, you will, you will have such a lack of peace. Don't try to walk away the same. Allow Him to approve you. Allow Him to make changes, even when it hurts. Changes are uncomfortable. We are creatures of habit, huh? I mean, you, you mess with people's coffee in the morning. How many people drink coffee in here? And I hear it too, and there are jokes about it. Well, I haven't had my coffee yet. Well, sorry, we gotta go. We do our best. My wife likes coffee. She doesn't hit a lot of caffeine recently. But there's times you just don't get it, but we are creatures of habit, right? And I know you feel real crazy. If an emergency happened, you had to leave the house without showering, you're insecure all morning. <laughs> I remember, man, it happened in school. We said, man, do I stink? And you can't even raise your hand to answer in class. You want to keep your arms down. We're creatures of habit. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of showering, so keep that up. That's a good habit, right? All the other hygiene things, brushing your teeth and stuff. But you got to get to the place where God, you allow God to make you uncomfortable in certain areas because he says, that's not my best for you. That weakness right there, that's going to get you in trouble. Scripture says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's the little things. Say, ah, I'll just ignore that. Uh, little things become bigger and bigger. Say, I was lying in these small areas, and now I'm lying in bigger areas. And God says, I wish you would have allowed me to take care of it when it was a small thing. Now it's a big thing. So let's go through these. And then we're going to go on with the rest of this service. So you, you want to meet with God. Number one, say meet with God. Meet with God. You've got to meet with God. Everyone has to have an encounter with God. You've got to seek it. You've got to look for it. You've got to meet with God. Number two, it's all or nothing, so don't wimp out. Give him everything or don't even bother doing it, really. Number three, receive the promise. I just put promise, but it's hundreds of promises in Scripture. Number four, let God work on you. Let him change you. There was a song we used to sing in children's church in the 80s. I don't know if y'all remember it. Some of you have been in church a while. It was called, He's Still Working on Me to Make Me What I Ought to Be. Huh. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Mars. But he's still working on me. I'm telling you right now, God, is, you're going you're gonna to have seasons where you tell someone or you think it or you know it. You say, man, God's dealing with me. Oh, man, he's dealing with me right now about some stuff. I will never preach about things that are not true for me in my own life. God's dealing with me about some stuff. He's improving me. Say, is he disciplining you? Uh, call it what you want, man. I don't know if it's official discipline, but there may be some correction in there. But I have been disciplined by the Lord before. God has dealt with me in some areas that I refuse, refuse. And then I would pray, God, change me. Deal with me, right? You prayed that before? Don't pray it unless you mean it. So let God change you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. We're going to pray together as a family, the family of God.